you. Well, it's hard to believe. Halfway through July, and I guess that means halfway through the summer. And uh, we've seen a lot of good things take place. Um, Vacation Bible School is a wonderful week of great success, and we're baptizing people as a result of that who've made professions of faith in Christ. Uh, our youth went to Student Life Camp, and they had a great experience there. Uh, we've had great times with uh, Kids Club going on. There's a special week this time, this week for kids in the um, in the arts department and that. Um, and uh, it, it's just been a, a a great time to celebrate and worship together. And God has still done things. And decisions have been made. And uh, we've been in a series of sermons through the summer, uh, God Is. And I've been talking about some of the characteristics and attributes of God. And then we broke it for the last two weeks because July 1st we did our patriotic celebration in anticipation of July 4th and we talked about our country and our nation and our dependence upon God. And then last week Jay Glasgow preached for us and he did a great job on preaching on the life of Joseph. And I had uh, real life examples this week occasions to apply that sermon. You remember one of his points was uh, to, to shine, not whine, when life doesn't go right? Well, Philip and Emily Ann, that's uh, our daughter Emily Ann and Philip, her husband, he's pastor at First Baptist in Wagner, South Carolina, down in Aiken County. And uh, the week of July 4th, they were on vacation with the family, their family, his family at the beach. And they came through last Saturday, and we had evening meal, and they got on down the road. As soon as they got there, Philip called me, and I thought, this isn't good. And uh, he found out that their house had been broken into and uh, many things stolen, uh, including the couch out of the living room, television, electronic stuff, and all that kind of stuff. So he packed up Emily Ann and the children and sent them back to us, and they've worked all week uh, on working on the house down there. And uh, Phil's been driving back and forth, but we've had Emily Ann and Manning and Wyatt and Sally with us. So when the boys get tired and grumpy and they start to whine, I've been able to use that phrase. Listen, Wyatt. Shine, don't whine. I've been able to apply that, and that will that that can be applied in a lot of different situations. But I thought Jay did a great job on the life of Joseph. Today we come back to, to uh, resume this series on the fact that God is, and today we're looking at God is faithful, and we would say that that is the dependable attribute of God, which lets us know that all the other attributes about God are true because God is faithful and that is the dependable attribute that we rely upon. And then it's because of God's faithfulness and our belief in that that we have hope and we have confidence for life and we all need that. Whether you realize it or not and whether you're a believer in Christ or not um, and, and don't have a Christian worldview, you all, all of us have some kind of value system that we base our life upon for security and for significance. And if we base it upon a relationship with God knowing that He is faithful, then we're going to find that we have a value system that does indeed work to give us security and to give us significance and to hold us up in the times of crisis. But if you follow the example of so many people in this world and especially in this postmodern world where there is the comment that says, well, you can believe anything you want to as long as it's sincere. You can just add Jesus into your life and say, well, he was a good teacher. I want to add that into my life without committing your life to him. Or you can say there are no morals and no absolutes. There's really nothing upon which I can build my life. And what happens is, is when life gets jerked out from underneath you, like there's job loss, uh, health crisis, economic crisis, whatever you want to name, when those times come, 
you find that that value system really does not work because there is no truth to it. There is no value in that unless it's founded upon the principle of God. And so we're coming today to affirm the fact that what we need in the midst of all the life's realities is to know that God is faithful. And when we know God is faithful, then that gives us hope. That gives us confidence. And that gives us that confidence to face the future no matter what might be before us. And we never know what's before us. We're usually coming out of a crisis or going into a crisis or we're in the midst of a crisis all the time in our life. When you look with me at the Scripture today in Lamentations, and that's written by Jeremiah, follows the book of Jeremiah, uh, he is writing about what he has seen in the destruction of Jerusalem. He sees his, his beloved uh, a people uh, being led away into captivity by the Babylonians because of their rebellion against God, because of their lack of faithfulness in God. He's seen the walls burned and torn down. He's seen the royal family of King Zedekiah hauled off like common uh, peasants, and Zedekiah's eyes gouged out. And the women who are left are widows, and the children who are left are orphans, and the only men who are left are those who are too weak to be of service to the Babylonians and captivity. All the treasures have been plundered and taken. The holy things have been destroyed by the Babylonians. He has seen despair and he's seen all of the heartache and heartbreak about his beloved Jerusalem being destroyed. But listen to the words. Jeremiah believes in the faithfulness of God. And listen to what he says in chapter 3 verses 21 through 23. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. There is the faithfulness of God. You think about all that Jeremiah had seen as he wrote that. He was grief stricken over what had happened to his beloved people. He was grief stricken over the things that they had experienced during that time. Devastation all around him. But yet Jeremiah pins these words of hope because of the faithfulness of God. And that's the only thing that allowed him to have that kind of hope and that kind of confidence and that kind of optimism as he faced what was going on around him. And that's the only thing that will give you that kind of hope and confidence and optimism in life is to base your value system upon the faithfulness of God because that's His dependable attribute. See, Jeremiah had seen in the middle of his lament the darkness of that day. But he also saw the light of God shining through. He had seen uh, the pain of that day and experienced it with his people. But he also saw the providential hand of God at work. He had seen the destruction that was evident. But in and also through the faithfulness of God he had seen the divine destiny and plan of God. So we want to affirm today God's faithfulness. And we begin by affirming the fact that faithfulness according to the Bible is central to the character of God. I mean you just can't imagine that God can be sovereign and God can be love and God can be holy and God can be righteous and and all the things that God is without being faithful. It's the bedrock and that and that enduring principle of who He is that allows us to believe in Him and to trust in Him. When you look up simple dictionary definition of of faithfulness it says uh, steadfast in affection or allegiance. 
If somebody is dependable at work or dependable in your home or in your relationship, you know, you say they are faithful. They are dependable. They are reliable. You know that they are going to be there. And they're, that, that, that just permeates everything, whether it's a school system, whether it's your work system, whether it's the church uh, needing leaders and people to step forward. You're going to look for people who are faithful. Well, the same is true about God. He is faithful. And the Bible affirms that in many different places. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commands. See, there He is, is the faithful God. That's Deuteronomy 7, 9. Psalm 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. We've also seen that He is loving in all that He does. Now we see that He is faithful in all that He does. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. See, all the way through the Bible we are, we are reminded of the faithfulness of God. And the fact that God remains faithful no matter what we do or what's going on around us. Now we know that God is faithful because it tells us that in the Scriptures. But the Bible also shows us how God has demonstrated His faithfulness. He modeled that in so many different ways. When you'll hear Deuteronomy 7, 9 again, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love Him and keep His commandments. See, that reminds us that God has kept all of His promises. God made promises to Abraham concerning many descendants. Uh, he would be a father of a nation. And he and Sarah were very old and without child at that time. But God kept that covenant promise with him. God also has kept the covenant promise with David and with Israel and with Joseph, just to name a few. And we are all beneficiaries of the fact that God kept the promise that He made in Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve chose to sin and fell in the Garden of Eden, He promised that there would be the one coming who would crush the head of Satan. The serpent might bite his heel, but that he would crush the head of Satan. And God has fulfilled that promise in sending to us Jesus Christ to fulfill that promise of the Gospel and to bring us redemption and salvation and victory over Satan and the defeat of Satan and his, his wily attacks upon us. The other thing you can see is that God also was faithful to keep His people. He did not he did not destroy them when they were unfaithful. Yes, they paid a consequence. Sin and rebellion against God always has consequences. And they were, they were deported. Uh, they were taken into Babylonian captivity. They were humbled as slaves. All that they valued was destroyed. But God did not let them be destroyed because He was faithful to them. And the interesting thing about that is, is in His Word in Deuteronomy 28, this exact thing had been prophesied over 900 years before it took place. So we see that the Bible gives us the absolute affirmation of the fact that God is faithful in the concept of who God is and then in His actions it has been shown to us. Um, it just seems to me that the more I'm driving around Columbia these days I see a, a Marine sticker on cars. And I don't know whether that's because uh, so many things have been brought to Fort Jackson, which is basically an army base, but all the uh, branches of the military have their chaplain school there. Uh, and I know we have some guys here who served as Marines. How many of you, anybody, we got any Marines in here? 
former Marines, anybody show up to Marines? I see some hands, but yeah, hold that. Okay. Well, if you've seen that, you know what the motto, the sticker is for, the, for Marines is what? Simplify. Simplify Dallas is really what it means. You know what that means? Always faithful. See, that describes the integrity. That describes the intent. That describes the lifestyle of a Marine committed to being honorable. Always faithful. So we could say that about God. Simplify. He's always faithful. We can't say that about ourselves, can we? Because we're not always faithful. But God is always faithful. And that is a basis for our hope and our confidence when shaky times come. You know, when life is jerked out from under us and, and we lose a job or there are health issues or family issues or marital issues, when there's loneliness and pain and rejection and like the times that we're going through now with turbulent times in our nation and wondering about the future of our nation and the economic crisis that we've all faced. See, God is still God. And God is still faithful. And He remains faithful no matter what we do. Now, how do we take that faithfulness of God and that enduring principle of God and apply it into our life? How, how do we claim that? What difference does it make if God is our value system? If, if His faithfulness is our value system that gives us uh, the stability and the significance that we need, how do we apply it in the everyday life that we experience? Well, you see, God's faithfulness provides hope in the circumstances of life. There is that confidence in the time of crisis. It's what Jeremiah saw. It's what Jeremiah had in the midst of the destruction of his beloved Jerusalem. So let me mention three ways, three places, three areas in our life that I think we need and can depend upon the faithfulness of God. The first one is, is when you're tempted. Temptation is around us all the time. When's the last time you were tempted? Tempted to sin. You know, it's so appealing, so alluring to us. And it comes in many different ways. You know, it's a temptation maybe to cheat on your taxes or, or to fudge on your expense account at work. Or to cheat uh, on, a, on a term paper, buying it online. I don't advise that. They check those things very carefully. Uh, and also it's dishonest. You know, that temptation comes in other ways. Uh, Gerald Altman stopped by the house last night coming into town and brought us a beautiful chocolate cake from Freeman's Bakery in, in Florence. Now, that was temptation for a man that's trying to watch his weight, you know. I have not cut it as of yet, but I assume that it will today, okay. And I will share it. Gerald said, remember all the verses in the Bible about sharing. And I said, you better believe I will because I don't want to eat it all by myself. But temptation to sin comes to us in many different ways. What are you going to do? How do you claim God's faithfulness? Listen to what the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Maybe many of you have it memorized. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Right in the middle of this now. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, see, here's what, here's what we need to do when temptation comes. We need to know what, what triggers our temptation, where our weaknesses are. And when we recognize that, then we need to pray and say, God, you are faithful. And I know that your promise in the Bible is that when temptation comes, you are faithful and you will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I can endure. Father, I don't want to sin. I don't want to yield to this temptation. And I claim your faithfulness right now to allow me to resist this temptation. 
Now, I imagine if you and I apply that to every temptation that comes to us, losing our temper, you know, uh, whether you want to fudge on something, cheat on something, steal something, you know, copy somebody's homework or whatever and all that. You know, if we relied upon the faithfulness of God, the promise is that He will allow us to face that temptation without succumbing to it. The second area of life is when we are attacked. When's the last time you were attacked? See, I believe that the more you want to live the Christian lifestyle, the more you will be attacked. And of course, it's easy to live a non-Christian lifestyle. That's part of the challenge of being a believer and a follower in Jesus Christ. I talked to some of them who came back from the Honduras mission trip, and they said, we had a great week. It was obvious that Satan was at work because we were at work doing something. And, and, and Satan is always going to be at work trying to destroy us. That's what he wants to do, is to destroy us. And there are those times that we are attacked in spiritual warfare. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful. See, there He is, that enduring principle. And He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. And we know just like temptation comes in many ways, the attacks of Satan come in many ways. But the promise of God's faithfulness, as I envision it, is that he, He's like a safety net there for us. Uh, uh, this may was the 75th anniversary of the completion of the Golden Gate Bridge in California. I think we got a picture up there. Any of you driven across that or walked across it? You seen it? I'm told that it's of all colors orange, but there's a reason for that, they say. And that is because it's more visibly seen in the the dense fog and all that kind of stuff like that. And and as I researched that, there also is a constant crew of painters constantly painting that bridge. And, and a constant crew uh, on the job of construction people going through and constantly checking the cables and, and securing the rivets and the bolts and all that stuff to make that it's secure, make sure that it's secure. They started work on it in about 1933. It was completed in May of 1937. An astronomical, uh, marvelous engineering feat at the time. In fact, the guy who was a chief uh, visionary for that project also came up with some things, innovation, doing that building of it. One was the hard hats. That's where they originated for a construction site. The other is that in the process of building this early on, they had experienced the loss of 12 men who fell off the bridge and fell to their, their death, falling about 220-some feet down into the water. And so there, there was designed by this engineer a safety net. It cost time and money to put it there and put it underneath where the workers would be working. And the pace picked up. A couple of guys fell, but they knew they would fall into that safety net. And they were protected. And the work picked up, and they, they were able to complete it, basically on, on schedule. I see, when, when, when we are attacked, and Satan wants to destroy us, the faithfulness of God is like that safety net underneath the Golden Gate Bridge when they were building it. That it's right there that when Satan knocks you a loop, God is right there in His faithfulness to catch you. And He's there to sustain you and to protect you. Now, there's a third place where we need, I think, in our everyday life, uh, the faithfulness of God, and that's when we do sin. You know, when's the last time you sinned? So you, you might have experienced road rage on the way to church this morning. That got you in a great mood for Bible study and worship, didn't it? You know, Cookie always tells me you better be careful and read your lips. <laughs> but you, you know how that is. People that fly by you are idiots, and the people in front of you going less than the speed limit are morons. You know, that, you just... <laughs> 
There are worse sins than that. When's the last time you sinned? What do you do about it? See, the Bible tells us that even when we are in a relationship with God and have claimed Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're still going to sin because that sin nature is there and we do battle with it. So, where does God's faithfulness fit in? 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. There's the faithfulness of God. And just, and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the reason we base our value system upon the faithfulness of God. Because it's even when we sin and rebel against Him, He is faithful to forgive us when we confess it and ask for forgiveness. We sin in a lot of different ways and it just builds up filthy trash in our life. In fact I read this week about a a caterer uh, out on the west coast in San Francisco Bay that that he, he, he kept a count. He kept every bit of trash he created over the last year. And it amounted to 96 cubic feet. That's a lot of trash. Now, think about that in terms of sin in your life. How many cubic feet of sin have you built up in your life? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to get rid of it? How are you going to deal with the guilt and the shame and the frustration and the failure in your life? There's only one way, and that's to call on the faithfulness of God as He's promised in His Word to forgive you as you confess it and ask for forgiveness. It doesn't matter what you have done. What matters is is what do you do then when you have sinned. And if you have that value system for significance and security built upon the faithfulness of God, you can depend upon that faithfulness of God to forgive you when you confess your sin. Now here's something else to remember in 2 Timothy 2. In verse 13 the Scripture says, If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. See, that reminds us that we're going to fall. We are going to fail. We are going to have lapses in our faith. But it also says that even when we are faithless, God is still faithful. That's His enduring principle, the character of His life. Now, let me summarize it by saying this. When we think about the faithfulness of God, When we look back upon the faithfulness of God, we can praise Him for that. And then when we look forward, anticipating God's faithfulness, we have hope and confidence for life. And that's all because of a relationship with God that you have through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you in relationship with this faithful God? Father, we bow before you today. We thank you that we can claim your faithfulness and that you have remained faithful all through the years. And that even if we are not faithful, you still are. And you're our hope. So I pray, Father, that as we seek uh, to be faithful to you, that you will work in our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin and to remind us 
of the things that we need to claim in your faithfulness. Help in times of temptation, help when we're attacked, and then forgiveness when we do sin. And that we would know our lives are built upon your faithfulness and you remain faithful no matter what else we do or what happens around us. So, Father, we want to commit our life into your hands as the faithful God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.